The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. Well, it's good to be back, and I think I have a pretty appropriate topic today, uh, because if you live just about anywhere in the U.S., you've probably noticed it's pretty darn hot outside, which you might say, no duh, we're in the middle of summer, which is a pretty good point actually. But in some places there are record setting temperatures. But anyway, um, I've always connected heat uh, and of course sunshine with stress reduction. The heat has a calming effect on me. I mean, I'm, I'm more still, Uh, which is significant for me because I have a tendency to be fidgety, a little restless in both my mind and physically. I don't like to sit for long periods of time and the heat totally kind of suppresses me, you know, it counteracts that. And I think in a strange way, it's healthy. And who knows, uh, perhaps the calming effect is my survival instincts kicking in to maintain body temperature, who knows. But in general, heat makes me relax. And relaxation, generally speaking, for someone with my personality type, is a good thing in my book. And in fact, one day I might just move to a very warm climate for that exact reason. In fact, uh, in the first few years of being diagnosed with UC, ulcerative colitis, I only flared up in the wintertime. And in hindsight, because this is before I came up with the idea of chronic stress monitoring, My theory is that I was close to my stress threshold, my threshold number, pretty much all year round. But the cold of winter and the lack of sunshine pushed me over the edge and I'd flare up. So that's my story. I'm sticking with it. And who knows, I may have already had inflammation at the microscopic level throughout the year, but only became symptomatic during the winter months. So full disclosure, after a few years of initially being diagnosed, I started flaring up year-round until around 2007 when I made the realization of just how direct of an impact stress had on my health. And just to quickly recap my story, I would always run to Dr. Pang every time I flared up uh, and she would do the acupuncture and other things, moxibustion, cupping the old-fashioned way, um, and it would go away. The flare would go away. Uh, But she would always ask in the beginning, before each treatment, as she was measuring my poles and telling me to stick my tongue out, she would ask, how well are you sleeping? How much are you working? And it took me a while. Um, I mean, at at first I would just guess and, you know, say, you know, I think I slept a little better this week, you know, but, you know, work was about the same. But I was just guessing. And, you know, it took me a while, but I think around, you know, the 40-something time, uh, you know, it occurred to me that she wasn't really asking me, right? I mean, she was telling me that I'm working too much and I'm not sleeping enough. So I started feeling stupid, quite honestly, you know, when I would go to her, um, embarrassed even, you know, that I didn't have a better idea of 
my work and sleep levels uh, at that point. So I wanted to at least come up with a way to, you know, be more aware of that. And it didn't need to be perfect. I didn't need some fancy device that measures sleep or stress, just something better than guessing. So I came up with a simple point system, three options to choose from, simple guidelines provided. It literally took me five minutes to come up with the basic gist of how it would work. I remember sitting down at my desk and and saying, okay, I got this. Um, And it's basically just a weighted rolling average that could represent um, your accumulated stress level on any given day. And, you know, and then I thought, well, you know, now that I have that, well, you know, why not take it a step further and just keep track of my symptoms too? This way I could correlate those two things and identify where that line was that I can't cross or I'll flare up. And this way I don't have to keep running back to Dr. Peng. And that's how this all started. Uh, the chronic stress monitoring, reactive stress management. But getting back to the heat and how it has a calming effect on me. To, to take it a step further, I have a similar feeling when I meditate. And, and I have to say, it's hard for me to meditate on my own. I, I just tend to do better if I'm being guided by someone else, a coach, whoever. But if you've ever you know tried to sit still for about a half hour and not move, and perhaps you're meditating you know, or doing some deep breathing exercises or something, you will feel that similar calming effect. Um, You can even have an out-of-body experience. Who knows? Because you attain this level of relaxation that can literally lower your blood pressure. There's a lot of great benefits to meditating. But what I've noticed is that there are pretty much thresholds in everything that we do, everything that has to do with stress and relaxation for sure. The old adage, everything in moderation, really does hold true. Um, for this topic as well, because there's this thing called heat stress. Um, It could be in the form of heat exhaustion, heat cramps, and heat stroke, the latter of which can be very serious. Uh, I believe I've had heat stroke on a couple of occasions. Each time I was, well, I wasn't wearing a hat, which you should always wear a hat in uh, hot weather. And for me, it's weird because I start seeing orange. Everything starts having like this orange tint to it. And I feel very lightheaded. So moral of the story, I find heat to be very therapeutic, but in moderation. So speaking of of stress and thresholds, there also exists a connection between stress and appetite. And excuse me, I I know I'm jumping around a little. But believe it or not, an acute stress event can actually suppress your appetite because you're in that fight or flight mode, Um, which if you're trying to lose a few pounds, isn't a bad thing, right? So for example, working out is physical stress on your body. And I don't know about you, but if I'm feeling a little hungry, but then I start exercising, that hunger just goes away, for me at least. Now, if that stress persists and becomes chronic, then it actually has the opposite effect. It increases your appetite exponentially. And that's when you start, or you can start to binge eat and, you know, to cope with the stress. So again, the old adage, everything in moderation, uh, really infers that there is a threshold for everything, a line between good and overdoing it. 
So when it comes to to the stress threshold number in the chronic stress monitoring, we're basically throwing all stress into one bucket. Now, if you were addressing your chronic stress cognitively, cognitive therapy, again, I hate using the word therapy, but you would address each source of stress individually. You wouldn't throw it all into one bucket. And and I mentioned this uh, a a few episodes ago, uh, episode 59 to be exact, do you have a comprehensive approach to managing stress? So with cognitive, you wouldn't throw it all into one bucket because you want to explore each of your stressors and challenge your beliefs to make sure that it's even something worth stressing over. You're trying to first acknowledge your notions and beliefs and separating that from the facts so that you can explore other possible, legitimate, plausible scenarios. And should you discover a much more likely scenario for something that has or turns up not to have anything to do with you personally, then that's a weight lifted off your shoulders. In other words, the stress is eliminated, gone. So there's nothing to manage anymore. Dare I say superior to chronic stress monitoring, except for one thing. It's difficult, very difficult. But I guess as they say, no pain, no gain. But with chronic stress monitoring, you do throw everything into one bucket. It's more reactive in that sense. It's reactive stress management. But it's much easier than cognitive. And a great starting point on your journey to health and wellness and reaching your maximum potential and and getting to maybe a position where you can be more proactive. And the moderation in everything in moderation in the context of chronic stress monitoring is defined as your threshold number, that stress level when you generally become symptomatic. That's essentially what I'm in the business of, helping you find where that line of what is considered a moderate level of stress versus too much stress, overdoing it, um, and helping helping you to avoid that vicious cycle that I always refer to and keeping you as productive as possible on your goals. So in that bucket might be a relationship issue that you're worrying about. Um, And in the My Stress Alarm app, which by the way, we're getting closer on the mobile app. I'm doing a lot of testing right now. But anyway, in the app, when you're putting putting in your your rest assessment, um, and this is now, even in the the web app on mystressalarm.com, there's a checkbox for if you're particularly worried about something. Because we want to capture that because when you worry, it's like a leaky faucet draining your energy level. Not good. But anyway, so again, that bucket might contain a relationship issue that you're worried about. Uh, Of course, it also contains all the work to meet your everyday obligations and responsibilities, what I call the burn. And it also contains all the work you do toward your goals on top of everything else. So just to summarize, everything in moderation, which is pretty easy to manage for most things. I mean, how many calories to consume? I'm not saying it's easy, but it's it's easy to kind of measure how many calories to consume each day, how much time to spend in the sun, you know, 15 minutes. You you, you can time it. You can, uh, if you want, Um, you can count these things. You can measure them. They're tangible, but with stress, it's intangible. It's it's difficult to know your your threshold and and what is considered moderate. And that's where chronic stress monitoring comes in and the My Stress Alarm app. 
Super easy, one minute a day, no wearables needed. Well, that's my two cents for this week. Um, I really do appreciate your feedback. Um, You can post a comment on the Perfect Stress Facebook page or always feel free to email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Well, that's it again for this week. Stay safe. Get a little sun. Get a little of that heat, but in moderation. And uh, wishing you good health and success. Thank you very much for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success, and remember, stress less to be your best.